Hola, and welcome to Spanish Answers, a podcast that gives you unas llavitas claves as you unlock your Spanish language adventure. I'm your host, Sarah, with Language Answers, and I just want to say hello, hello, and hello. It is so good to finally be back. So in today's episode, episode 75, I'll give you a quick life update as to why I've been gone for so long. Then we'll discuss pet vocabulary in Spanish and then finalize this long overdue episode with our final cultural tip on Ecuador with three unique customs and traditions. So let's get started. First off, let's start with our life update. I am so sorry I've been a bit AWOL these past few months. The good news is I don't have anything scary or life-threatening. The sad news is we did have a death in the family, and that was hard. We're doing okay, but we really miss our loved one. Um, But to bring some more cheer to this episode, that's not the only reason I've been gone. After all, you may have seen my social media updates about not feeling too well. I'm so pleased to finally be able to share the news with you, my awesome listeners. So drum roll, please. Da, 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 da. I'm pregnant. My husband and I are so excited. The first trimester can be a bit brutal in general. And for me, I had constant nausea and extreme tiredness, especially in the afternoons and evenings. In other words, the times that I normally have free for writing and or recording my podcast episodes. Great timing. But since I am finally out of the first trimester, I am thankfully starting to feel human once more and really hope I can start podcasting again. And with life starting to gain some sense of normalcy, I'm hoping to be a lot more regular with the podcast. But if I do miss an episode here or there, please know it's probably pregnancy related. So please give me a little grace. Speaking of that, we're going to let the baby's gender be a surprise. So until we meet him or her at delivery, we're calling our child Little Grace or Little G. Now, we lost our last child in a miscarriage last year, and if you have ever gone through this loss, I am I'm so sorry. It is awful. And uh, But we believe that little G is God's gracious gift to us as we heal, hence the name Little Grace. Now, little G is due during my annual podcasting break in 2023, so as we get closer to the end of the year, I'll talk through my thoughts on my maternity leave from podcasting and what I hope the future holds. So with all that being said, on to the main part of our episode. Pet vocabulary. I decided that the first episode back should be a little bit lighter, although I am hoping to catch up on missed episodes, but I really can't guarantee anything at this point. So today we are going to cover some key vocab when talking about our favorite furry family members, our pets. So let's first cover some of the more common and not so common pets or las mascotas. So there's, of course, cat, un gato, cat, un gato, and dog, un perro, and dog, un perro. There's bird, un pájaro, bird, un pájaro, and rabbit, un conejo, rabbit, un conejo. And then chicken, una gallina, chicken, una gallina, and rooster, un gallo, rooster, un gallo. And then there's Tarantula, yes, some people do keep these as pets. Tarantula, una tarantula, tarantula, una tarantula. And according, side note, according to wordreference.com, 
In Argentina, they also call a tarantula una araña pollito, or a little chicken spider. That's a little odd and kind of hilarious. Snake, una serpiente. Snake, una serpiente. And fish, un pez. Fish, un pez. There's horse, un caballo. Horse, un caballo. And cow, una vaca. Cow, una vaca. Sheep, una oveja. Sheep, una oveja. And chinchilla, un chinchilla. Un chinchilla. Now, the gender of the word is important here for chinchilla. El chinchilla refers to the animal, whereas la chinchilla refers to the animal's fur. There's llama or la llama and ferret, which can you guess what una ferretería is? Una ferretería. Hint, it's not a ferret or a store that sells ferrets. It's a hardware store. So un hurón, H-U-R-O with an accent, N, is ferret. Un hurón. Hamster is un amster, un amster, and there is an H at the beginning there, a silent H. Gerbil, un herbo, so you can spell it with a J or a G. Gerbil, un herbo. And turtle, una tortuga, turtle, una tortuga. Now, what about their food or basic toys? So for this next section, I'm only going to focus on dogs and cats because, frankly, I just don't know enough about the other animals. Sorry. So you want to talk about, let's say, their food. So dog food is la comida para perros, or you might say el alimento para perros. So la comida, el alimento para perros. And then cat food's the same thing, la comida, but para gatos. Or you could say el alimento para gatos. And then if you want to say wet food, or I guess if you want to specify wet food, you would say la comida húmeda. La comida húmeda. And that's with the silent H at the beginning there. And my understanding is that you might also hear this called comida de lata. Comida de lata, since it used to always come in a can. Then there's dry food, which el pienso, which is just el pienso. So dry food, el pienso. And other options I have heard for dry food are comida de pienso, comida de pienso, or comida de bolsa, comida de bolsa, since it, you know, comes in a bag, and also comida a granel, comida a granel. But the most common name from what I found is el pienso. Now, there's also the option for homemade food, la comida casera, la comida casera as there is a growing movement to make food and treats for your pets at home. Now, have I tried it? No. But if you have, please let me know how it went. And then, of course, there are dog treats. Dog treats. La golosina. La golosina. Or, if it's plural, las golosinas. And then, let's talk about a few other things that your pets would love, such as a bone. Un hueso. Bone. Un hueso. With a silent H at the beginning. Or a tennis ball, una pelota de tenis, una pelota de tenis, and then a cat toy rod, or what we might call a cat wand, una caña de juguete para gatos, una caña de juguete para gatos, 
There's a toy mouse, un juguete, raton, un juguete, raton, that toy mouse. Or maybe you have a doghouse, una cucha, or you could also say una caseta, una cucha, or una caseta for doghouse. Now, cucha is used more in Latin America. And then finally, we have a cat tree with, of course, its implied scratching post. And this is called un árbol rascador para gatos. Un árbol rascador para gatos. So a scratching tree, essentially. And that is all for today's episode. Please let me know if you've heard of other terms for these items or if you have tips on Spanish vocabulary for even more pet-related things. But let's now move on to our cultural tip on Ecuador and its unique traditions. So Ecuador has a lot of cool and unique traditions, but today we'll focus on three really interesting ones. The first one is El Nuevo Año, which is December 31st through January 1st, so the old year and the new year. Now, while most countries celebrate the new year in some form or fashion, Ecuador definitely has a unique spin to it. So to prepare for the new year, families will make an effigy or buy one from the many vendors set up for just this event called Menigotes. It can be in the shape of a political figure, a celebrity, a cartoon character, etc. Basically, whatever or whomever you want. Then, on December 31st, people will gather around and light bonfires. And then, around midnight, they toss the representation of El Año Viejo, or the Manigote, into the fire to represent leaving behind the old year and the bad things that happened to make way for a happy and prosperous new year. The second part of this holiday celebration are the many Viudas de Año Nuevo or widows of the old year. Supposedly, or rather allegedly, these widows are related to the manigotes, or los años nuevos, that are burned. But I have heard that it might also have started due to the Spanish introducing yellow fever to the area and causing an epidemic. However it originated, the viudas are actually young men dressed up as women who go to the streets, clock traffic, and ask for money from passing cars. From some of the videos I watched, it looks like the viudas are either funny or vulgar. But afterwards, they pull their money to have a New Year's Eve party. Now, if you'd like to see an informative video of the holiday in Spanish, then check out a link to the YouTube video I've included in the show notes. Number two, interesting superstitions and sayings. Every culture has unique superstitions or funny things they'll say, and Ecuador does not disappoint. For example, after a woman gives birth, there is a superstition that she has to eat only chicken soup, perhaps for even two weeks. Am I going to do that? No, but it's a fun superstition. Anyways, there's also the belief that when eating with a group of friends, whoever eats the last piece from the group serving dish will get married within the year. And while Ecuadorians do associate the color black with death, just as we do here in the USA, they also associate it with the color purple, which sounds odd to me since in biblical tradition, purple is the color of royalty. But what about some fun sayings? If you yawn, someone might ask if you are hungry instead of sleepy. Tienes hambre. And if it is raining, they might ask you, ¿Por qué lloras? Or, why are you crying? I might start asking my little girl this when it rains, just to see if I can get a laugh out of her. And last, number three, bolón de verde. As usual, I couldn't resist including something about food. I really want to try this delicious-looking dish. It's a classic breakfast dish, even a national dish, that looks like a fried ball of dough. 
surprise, it's actually green plantains fried and mashed into a dough, stuffed with cheese or pork, and then fried in a ball shape. Bolon is slang for large ball, so this dish's name is literally green large balls. Now, if you want to try the recipe out, you can check out the one on Lenita's Recipes, a food blog by an Ecuadorian that I just discovered, and yes, subscribe to. You can even read it in Spanish if you want to further improve your Espanol. And if you want a glimpse of other Ecuadorian dishes, check out Rainforest Cruises' post on them, which, of course, I have included a link in the show notes. And that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening and for hanging in there during my absence. And please don't forget to check out the show notes for links to the resources used for this episode. If you'd prefer to read an approximate transcription of today's episode, you can also visit the episode's blog. I would love to help you on your Spanish journey. So if you have any questions about today's episode or even just on Spanish culture or grammar, you can reach me at contact at languageanswers.com or visit my website for more information at languageanswers.com. I can also be contacted regarding my services for Spanish to English translation, English technical writing, editing and content creation, or even language consultations and tutoring for you or your business. Remember, learning a language is a lifelong journey. So please, aprovechalo, disfrútalo y compártelo. I'll see you hopefully in two weeks. Hasta luego!